everybody, this is Trevor Chambers from the O'Reilly Financial Group's Meet the Masters blog and podcast. Today I have uh, Mr. Sam DeFranco, uh, and I'm so happy to have him. Uh, Sam is uh, a Raleigh and RDU-based guy, uh, and he is in uh, heads up Trinity Partners, which is a commercial real estate services firm here locally. And uh, I want to welcome Sam for being here. Well, welcome, Sam. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks for having me. Uh, excellent. So I want to jump right in to it uh, with you. Um, I had a nice conversation a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was very interesting to get some perspectives on what's going on here, and even maybe on a larger scale around the country in your space. So, um, but before we get into that, tell me about Trinity Partners real quick and where you're from and your background and, and all that. Sure. The, um, well, actually, I've been in the Raleigh market for 23 years now. I came down here in 1995 to check out the marketplace. I'm born and raised in the Niagara Falls, Buffalo area of western New York. Nice. I came down here because the, uh, for the number one reason of the weather and the fact that the economy was uh, faltering in western New York, we had a continuation of loss of jobs and exodus of people. And Quite frankly, in the real estate business, all we were doing up north was buying signs and planting signs all over. So people would say, I see your signs all over. And I'd say, yeah, you see my signs, but you don't see sold or leased. You see everything. So I came down here in 1995 on a Super Bowl week of January when it's pretty dismal for those people that know western New York. It's a pretty ugly place to be. And um, I hung out for a week. I spent a couple of days in Raleigh, a couple of days in Charlotte. In a couple of days at the coast, just to determine if I like the state, and and I'll, actually one of the reasons I came here was Forbes magazine in 1995 had a front page cover, best place to live in America, and uh, or best place to raise a family it may have been, and Raleigh mm-hmm. was number one. So I told my wife, I said, hey, what do you think about moving? At the time up north, we were, you know, things were going relatively well for us. We had just built our greenhouse, and kids were very small; they were seven and nine years old, our boys. And my wife said to me, she said, I would entertain it, but we have to do it before the kids get to high school age because I'm not moving in once they're in high school. So I said, okay, I'll check it out. So I came down here, checked it out. Um, fortunately, I was connected via some mutual old-time friends. I don't even, I think through my souvenir business in Western New York, which I had while I was doing real estate. They, um, they knew a gentleman named Tommy Drake who was well-connected, well-heeled uh, uh, Raleigh guy or Kerry guy, I should say. And at that time, it was the Carol Annex 10th Annual Conference, which is a, a, national, a local real estate firm that's been here forever. And there was, uh, their conference is to bring investors and developers in, not brokers, and just talk about the marketplace. So I shadowed Tommy for the day and got to see Carol Annex events. And through that event, I was just dumbfounded um, because we had never seen uh, – Mayor Tom Fetzler was mayor uh, at the time. He, had been, he was our guest speaker talked about lowering property taxes by 30 percent. Uh, I asked Tommy, how come I don't see any signs for sale? He said, oh, you read a sign by the time you put it out there, it gets sold. The yeah. demand was voracious, and uh, it just became a, uh, for me, it became a, a situation that I, I, I couldn't miss. I didn't think I could miss if I did that. So by doing that, I, um, I, came, I, I went here. I went to Wilmington, checked it out, went to Charlotte. My business partner prior to moving uh, was a developer in western New York, and he wanted to go to Charlotte, and he's, he's to this day is still there. But um, I decided Raleigh was the place, so 
two weeks later, I flew my wife down in a plane, and it was the middle of February, and which is even uglier in western New York. And when we landed at RDU, it was a day that kind of looks like today outside, nice Carolina blue skies, probably about 55 degrees. She looked out the plane window, and she said, I'm convinced. So it didn't take much to take it from there to move into to move to Raleigh. Uh, subsequently, we bought a little two-family. So the boss, so I didn't mean about, so the boss signed off. Yeah, she signed <laughs> off right away. <laughs> I, I love it. So that yeah. was uh, an easy uh, objective overcome. So from that yeah. point, we bought a little uh, two-family duplex at, uh, at Hedingham Golf Course community. We furnished half and kept the other half for a rental. Came back and forth for a couple of years while I unwound my business to make sure we were going to like it here. And then on April 7th of 1997, I moved permanently. And then Carol and the boys moved August uh, when the kids got out of school and we sold the house that same year. So that's how I got here. Um, commercial real estate-wise, I started out as a small firm with Russell Gay and Associates, and Russell Gay is a local North Raleigh gentleman that had Century 21 and Associates and also had South Point Builders. Russell was developing some office condominiums at the time, which I had been doing up in western New York on a small scale, but I had experience with it and went to work for Russell for two reasons. Number one, he had the commercial division, which I needed, but he also had a residential division because I needed to find my family a house and knew nothing about the area. So I figured if I went to work for him, I can get two birds with one stone. Perfect, yeah. yeah. So worked for Russell for a year. From there, uh, went right to CB Richard Ellis. It was um, um, hired by CBRE. It was CB Cole the day um, before I started. The day I signed on, it became CB Richard Ellis, which is the European uh, conglomerate that they merged with. Okay. So we worked at CBRE for about three and a half years. And then... CB was, um, I don't want to say messing around. It was going back and forth between public and private and ownership and non-ownership. And we tried to do a, a management buyout of the group back between a, between a few of us to buy it back from CB as a private entity. And uh, they were basically jerking us around. So one of my other uh, good friends in the shop and myself, we broke away and we formed Triangle Commercial in 2001. So 2000, late 2001. So from there, we formed Triangle Commercial, which was going to be a primarily tenant rep, buyer rep services, along with managing and leasing of any projects that we would have equity in. So from there, we built a small shop up to about a dozen or 13 people. And in 2008, um, prior to the market tanking, we had um, merged with CRESA, uh, Corporate Real Estate Services Advisors, which is a national platform for basically tenant rep advisors. <clears throat> well, needless to say, what happened from 2009 and 10, when the corporate real estate world shut down, we had to fend for ourselves. So by 2012, um, we, we were struggling to keep everything going, but things were okay. And then by 2013, beginning of 2013, I left and joined Trinity Partners with my youngest son, Sam Jr., and uh, another gentleman, Mark Delviano, investment advisor, so the three of us as a team went out looking for a new uh, location to work for. And we figured out when we would find the right place, we would land there, we would know where we were going. So Trinity Partners was the place. So we've been there eight years now. Um, life is very good. Uh, a little bit about Trinity Partners based out of Charlotte. The company is 23 years old currently with the Raleigh office uh, getting ready to celebrate its 11th birthday in September. <clears throat> oh, cool. We, 
Um, overall, just under 200 people with offices in Charlotte, Raleigh, Greenville, South Carolina, and Columbia, South Carolina. Collectively, we're the largest boutique firm in North and South Carolina with management of just under, just, I'm sorry, just over 20 million square feet collectively, management and or leasing. Wow. And with that in mind, we've got, uh, I think there's a couple hundred employees all in at this point in time. Raleigh office is comprised of about 53 people uh, currently, <clears throat> all of which, by the way, we have kept working during this pandemic. Good for you. We haven't laid anybody off. And um, we're considered an essential business, and, and we're still working. So our firm, we've, we're a full commercial real estate services firm. The only things we don't deal in, we don't deal in multifamily, and we don't deal in mini storage, but we deal in every other uh, product line. We've got a full service construction team. We've got a full project management team, property management team, and then asset management and leasing, and then investment sales. Uh, and then they're just a general brokerage shop, which is my team. So right. Just of... of uh, my background and what Trinity Partners is. Awesome. I love hearing these stories. So you and I um, have a connection uh, because we're both upstate New York kids. Um, my my wife's family's uh, her mother's side, the matriarch side, is from greater Buffalo area. So go Buffalo. And I'm from actually the vacation capital of the world, Binghamton, New York. So everything you said, everything you said, my friend, um, uh, I completely relate to, but we do love our upstate, especially in the summer, uh, and of course the people. Um, you work with your son. Tell me about that. What's, how's that dynamic, and what have you learned? And uh, so yeah. Sam Jr. Yeah. Okay. So I, I work with both my sons. <laughs> then two oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, I'll thanks for second. So uh, our oldest son Ryan is 34, and uh, we own uh, together a, a small. Uh, Italian cafe and uh, oh, that's right. Of course, yeah, right, 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 right. Frank. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And he, how's he doing? What's going on? Tell me about doing that. Excellent. Right now, actually, uh, interesting enough. You know, when you retool based on when your surroundings, uh, and he's smart enough to do that and capitalize on social media. Um, he has been extensive. You know, takeout and delivery. And the interesting thing, as you know, based on your background, also yeah. is that. Italian food travels well when you're oh, yeah. on takeout. It's not like selling a cheeseburger and you got to hope it's the medium that stays medium by the yep. of the client. So um, with that being said, they've had all kinds of promotional specials and uh, and deliveries, and their their the business is up 25% from what I've heard in April. Uh, it was only down 5% in March while they were retooling. And uh, they're with a lot less staff. He's unfortunately had to lay off people, but he's only got 30 four seats interior anyways, plus the outside patio. So it wasn't a big shop. Plus remember his, his entrees are you know, they're not thirty dollar entrees, everything's fifteen bucks. Right. So it's a, it's an easy price point and it's a comfort food. So business has been going well with him there and uh, we're constantly in communication almost every day about what's awesome. going on. So that's what that's that side of it. With yeah. just the guidance, advice and Yeah. You you're not washing dishes. I'm not washing dishes. When I'm there, <laughs> when I'm there I am. Yeah, and, and yeah. you and I can go off on a whole world into, uh, into a whole space into that um, perhaps a little bit later. But uh, but local, you work with Sam Jr. Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah, so um, my son Sam Jr. has been, since he's been, went through college, he's always known that uh, we've discussed about him coming, working with me in my industry. Uh, our commercial real estate industry is very unique because a lot of the brokers in our business, they are um, – 
you'd be amazed at the backgrounds from attorneys to we, we always joke there's a lot of political science majors that are commercial <laughs> history brokers or medieval history majors that are commercial brokers. Yeah. Um, it, it's an interesting business. It's a tough skin business, no different than what you're in every day. In the yeah, financial very world. similar. Grinding it out and you know digging for every dollar, killing what you eat. But um, so I brought Junior in, and um, he has been with me. Let's see. He started 21. He's 30. He'll be 33 next week. 33. Yeah, 33 next week. So he's going on his 12th year. Wow. Business. 11th or 12th year, I believe. Eighth. Uh, yeah, I think it's his 11th or 12th year. But regardless, uh, one of the first things I had him do was in our business. We've got some professional designations that are are are, are needed, and uh, he got his CCIM professional designation. I believe he was one of the youngest in the state to acquire it. Obviously, with the help of me, because you have to have the transaction volume. And by me involving him in the deals that I was working on, helped bring him to those quotas. Not that right. he didn't I didn't give it to him. He had to make sure he earned it because it, they, the way the system works, they just won't let you put something down that you did not actively work on. So right. he's been with us this, this long. Um, we together have a team. Sam Jr., Dylan Hefner, and myself, uh, collectively, we're the medical team. And we our promo is that we... Primarily work in healthcare and medical fields. Uh, that's probably about 70% of our business, and the balance of the uh, the other percentage is a mix for me. But between the between those guys, it's primarily investment sale or um, tenant representation for select clients. So we don't do any typically any third-party leasing. If you had a building, hey, I need you to lease these three suites, and they're 2,000 feet each. We, we wouldn't do that unless we were potentially going to sell that building. So we will buy, help people buy or sell anything, but we just don't do third-party leasing uh, unless it's, a, uh, you know, like Emerge Orthopedics is our biggest client with 42 locations. They say we need you to lease our 3,000-foot space. We say yes. Right. But um, they're, uh, him and Dylan work on a lot of deals on their own, and then we work as a threesome on some deals, which is a little bit unique in the marketplace because it's very hard to put three brokers in a deal when it comes to getting paid. Mm. Splitting up the pie because remember everybody still has a house split on top of that. Yeah. Um, but we've all have our own roles uh, depending on if we're going to pitch or to do the process or to do the closing. And uh, mine is usually to make sure stuff closes. But uh, but they're getting a, a good uh, heaping of experience, and um, everybody's doing really well at this point in time. Yeah. Um. And he's seen some battles, you know what I mean, which is great. Yeah. And especially yeah, earlier. I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, yeah. So he started in 2010 when the market was totally upside down, yeah. which was much better than starting in 2005 when the market was on fire. So he got yeah. it, he was crawling a long time, a few years, without making any money trying to figure out how to hustle. So now he's still – as I tell him all the time, don't ride the roller coaster. He's still riding the roller coaster occasionally. Uh, stuff about in our business, some deals fall apart, some deals go together. But you got to, you just can't. You cannot always focus on what's gonna, what's gonna work and what's not gonna work. So, yeah, it's a long game, you know. Um, you're gonna work long time. Uh, he's got a long way to go. Yeah. And um, you, you know, we we tell clients. Fortunately, you know, every about six, seven years, certainly within the decade, you're going to have some sort of depth charge go off, and that's just, that's just how it goes, you know. But um, you learn. Um, well, that's great. I appreciate all that background. As I said, I love um, 
I love hearing about people's, you know, history uh, and and also uh, the dynamic of working with your family was is interesting um, and 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 fun and challenging. Um, you got it, fun and challenging. <laughs> yeah, fun and challenging. Yeah. Um, let's let's get right to the nuts and bolts. Um, what it, it is um, just for the record, it is uh, April 29th, twenty twenty. Um, what are we seeing out there, my friend, in your world? How's deal flow? I mean, I can, you know, where are we, you know, that type of thing is RDU in better shape than most areas. You know, what's your pulse of the situation? What are your instincts telling you? We're, you know, we're constantly talking to clients and trying to figure out what's next and what's the next move, especially deals that were transitional deals in the pro in the works. Um, certain deals where we know we have to renew. Uh, that we're up for renewal for clients that we're working through. A uh, question came up with one of my larger restaurant clients, and he said, hey, you know, is this, I know the landlord wants us to do this, this, and this, but aren't we going to be in a situation where there's going to be like a, just a boatload of vacant restaurants out there? And I said, well, I'd like to believe that based on what's going on that perhaps there may be, but I don't think you could take the risk of saying, I'm going to leave the location, which I know is doing has done well prior to the pandemic, <clears throat> and wait hopefully for a matching location of. And this, this is a substantial restaurant size; it's a five, five to six thousand feet with four thousand feet of patio space. Mm-hmm. Location, you know, as I told you. But regardless, they, um, you know, they've been doing well, been in business a long time, and. While the landlord is is pushing on certain aspects, we know how to push back because the landlord's thinking the same thing. The last thing the landlord wants is a 6,000-foot vacant restaurant that they got to find the right tenant for, a retenant, need to have downtime versus just give us a little bit of help right now, and and, and we're all on our way. And and even put my landlord's hat on, I know that's what you want to do because uh, if you do a – a landlord revenue analysis of what's lost and what it would take to recapture that, um, it's pretty obvious that you don't want dark space, especially not these times going into it. So we're seeing for some of the bigger deals, like the medical deals, I'm working on a 10-year renewal that's, that comes up the end of, um, it comes up actually the mid, mid next year. We've been working on it for the last year because it's a substantial size. That's moving forward. My guys will sign off as soon as we get the final terms, which should be today or tomorrow. Uh, because that's that's going to continue. The healthcare world is continuing. Some of the bigger projects have been just put on pause that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Trevor, I yeah. Tell you, but this phone may die, and I may have to cut off and get you back another phone. It's no problem. Um, so just give me a couple minutes here. Matter of fact, I'll grab another phone right now. Okay. Yeah. Do you think I can cut cut this up? So don't sweat that. Okay. Let me mark um, the time actually. Um, Twenty-two seconds. Okay, there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I made note of the time, so we're I can just cut that out. Cool. Okay. So, so, um, so there some of the companies, some things are on pause. We're, we're working on a deal. Uh, I, I don't know a lot of the bigger deals that transact in the office till after they happen because it's not my division. Um, I know them when I see them in my paycheck, but which yeah. But um, it's my understanding that there was a large transaction in the works um, somewhere throughout 
Uh, we, we have a sister company called Trinity Capital. That's the investment development arm. And mm -hmm. uh, they with Starwood, and they had a large project for sale. And I think it got stalled because of this, uh, you know, because of everybody's kind of on hold. We've got a smaller deal in the $3 million range where we're supposed to close April 6th. Wells Fargo told the client, if you don't close April 6th, we're pulling the loan, which is kind of raw, and they did. And uh, the client subsequently had to go get another loan, which 50 points basis higher in, in rate. Um, and now the, that loan is waffling because the client had asked the seller for a uh, basically a $290,000 reduction. The seller was – I, I, if I was a seller, I would have said I'm not doing it. But the seller was genuine enough to say I'll give you 180 and the client still pushing for another 55. So I think you're seeing some greed enter the marketplace. Mm -hmm. the seller seems to believe that the market is going to be flooded with an abundance. And this is a flexible space property. It's a 3,000-foot building on, I think it's nine acres, so it's got expansion. It's got everything they need. It's perfect for them. Um, if they drop it, I think they're going to really kick themselves six months down the road when they realize that this this product is not. And if, if they were looking for a retail restaurant and they were dropped on now, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But you're looking at a, or a retail center or a retail store because nobody knows where that's going. But at this point in time, a flex building in a good location with all the things you need and just looking to borrow money at 3.6% is owner-occupied, you're crazy not to do it. So I think, you know, hogs get slaughtered and pigs get eaten, as they say. Um, at the end of the day, if it does fall, it, it, it's a shame because we've been working on it for six months like we always have. But if, if it goes through, they're going to find that they made the right decision. So we're seeing stuff like that all over the board. But in the meantime, we've got two offers on small investment deals. Some of the lease transactions are still going through. There's still closings happening. So uh, in general, uh, oh, and, and more importantly, construction. Our construction team and facility folks, everybody's full bore. Everything's strong. That, yeah, that's what I'm hearing across the board. Everybody in construction is just rolling. Yeah, uh, we've had a little less pricing activity this week for some reason. I mean, it's only Wednesday, but this week just seems I'm pricing projects as a little slower. But there's still we got clients flying in, or uh, I'm sorry, potential clients flying in Thursday and Friday to look at a couple of redevelopment projects we have in downtown Durham uh, that are available that Sam and Dylan have for sale. And um, with that, it's you know, so activity is okay, and mm -hmm. we're still working on deals. The part where you can physically go show stuff and do things like that, it's flown down, but I think it's going to start to be opened up a little bit better. Good. Yeah. I think as we, I know like anything, I think as we get more visibility um, on this thing and understanding, then, you know, that's just going to build confidence. Um, do you mind if I ask, um, did you get, did you apply for PPP and did, PPP and did you get it? Yes, we, uh, I applied in two different fronts because I have uh, my investment company, DeFranco Investments, which holds all the real estate, which my wife and I work under. Um, we are obviously stymied there because there's no work to be done. Uh, not that there's no work to be done. We're working on everything. We applied. We got it, and that was through Town Bank, and then we applied for Trinity through um, South Bank, and, and we got it through them too, yes. Great to hear. I'm, I'm sure that, that helps you sleep at night well, the, a little the problem bit. Is for both of our businesses is that while we are going to continue to pay because we, we were sufficient to be able to do this, we work off a of trailing six to 12 months. So 
right now, while things are still okay, because we're literally collecting from things that happened six, eight, nine months ago, right. a year ago, what we're afraid of is this, if you fast forward nine months and we don't have any reserve <clears throat> like that or any kind of cushion to, to, to help us cover this or, or the availability of low interest money, we've got credit lines, the credit lines are five and a half percent. Um, so at this point in time, why wouldn't you take a one percent loan versus a five and a half percent? Yeah, two-year buffer to pay it. So we're we're more comfortable now. It just gives you some breathing space and it, and the ability to keep everybody working, which we've done. Uh, yeah, you know, you know what I do. You know, we're we're long-term personal wealth uh, managers, and and um, you know, we love uh, invest a few different styles, but we love. Uh, to invest in companies that have great balance sheets, ethical leaders who know how to allocate capital, and who have uh, good cash flows. And, right. you, you know, that's – when you told me uh, – when we first talked a couple weeks ago um, after uh, the plague hit, uh, that's one thing that – another kind of checkpoint. I was like, you know, Sam is – enough and has gone through enough battles that you've got to go you got to go into these things with cash and have good balance sheets so that kind of leads me to this you know one of the things you said to me was before was you were surprised at how vulnerable if I could use that word um, certain sectors of the economy both on a local and national basis are in terms of being able to weather storms can you expound on that a little bit sure um, like I said when the when the mandatory stay-at-home orders or whatever it was called uh, started in the middle of March. It wasn't probably 10, 12 days later, the phone started ringing, we can't pay April's rent. And my initial thought to myself, because especially after going through the recession in 2008 and 9, as bad as that was, and, and we were we were funded, but we weren't overfunded by any means, and, and I learned right after that the best thing you could do is overfund all your projects so you don't have to ask people for cash cash calls which since then we have been for most of the stuff we have. But I couldn't fathom the idea. I can understand the employee that's the waiter or the waitress or the cook or the chef, whatever, that gets laid off that day, they can't pay their rent. That's different. But if you've been in business for any term whatsoever, and you literally, because you don't have cash flow this week, you can't pay your rent at the end of the week, that's very sad. It's a sad state of affairs. And there's and there's not only the small mom and pops, there's some pretty significant players in this market from what I've been gathering around the around the uh, the horn, if you will. And this is all, this is not just this market. It's not, you know, it's everywhere. Oh, it's I mean, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. Everywhere. And, so, you know, yeah. I was dumbfounded. I mean, no more dumbfounded than I was that the average American doesn't have $1,000 in the bank per saving in the case of emergency. But the point is that, you know, you're, if you're supposed to be running a business, at some point in time, I don't care if it's a line of credit or you need something that it can help carry you through a whatever you want to call it, a horrific experience like today, like I've said, you know, like what, like what we're going through right now. Then we've had, so you've had customers like that. Most of the people that have asked for rent forgiveness for us are retail. <clears throat> we did have one warehouse industrial user that is in the home building supply call, and they immediately said, we're not paying the rent for four months. And we said, wait a minute. Before you go to this, number one, the building industry hasn't shut down, okay? As a matter of fact, you guys are essential, and all our guys are working, so I don't know what you're talking about. 
Right. After requesting financials, digging deeper, we find that they're totally upside down. It didn't matter if this pandemic hit or not; they were going to be in bad shape regardless. So that's that's you know a different anomaly that this thing just happened to shake out right now. Right. So, so that leads. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt, but that leads me to this, Sam. Like, do 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 from your point of view and your business and what you do. Are you now going to say, hey, listen, before I get involved with these guys, i got to know a little bit more here. I mean, does that change how you look at your business model um, and, and the type of people you want to work with? Yes, of course it does. But we always underwrite, um, I've always said this too, when, when we're, when we're uh, reviewing a tenant or, or taking an application, for lack of a better term, for a tenancy for a building that, let's say, we own or I'm a partner in, um, we're going to run the credit background and we're going to see the financials. And, you know, at a certain point in time where as long as they're substantial or enough to know that they've been in business for a while, they've shown profitability for the last three or four years. I mean, there's – like I've, I've used this saying for years. In 2000, if I would have brought you Enron as a tenant in your Highwood, let's say, building yep. a project, you would have been buying me houses and cars and whatever it takes to get that tenant in your building. Mm-hmm. And then 2002, you'd be looking for me with your gun because they imploded and there's no longer a business there. So yep. there's hundreds of thousands of companies like that. That So we don't even – at this point in time, there's a lot of gut checks, especially after 42 years in this industry, of what risk you want to take. How do you mitigate that risk based on mm-hmm. what you're in? what you're going to have to outlay as a landlord versus what they're going to pay back in return, what's your payback period? I mean, in, time, in 2009 and 10, we saw deals where we were doing deals for tenants where the landlord's recovery was going to take five years. But yeah. you know what the landlord didn't mind? The landlord didn't mind because he was getting cash flow for that five-year period. Yeah. And it was some money coming in versus none. So yeah. there was crazy stuff being done. And then, which leads to this situation where in bad times there's opportunities in our world and in good times there's opportunities. It's just how you approach it and what we go after right now. So we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. When people are asking us, well like like earlier I said there's gonna be hundreds of restaurants out there available. Don't know. I really don't yeah. I really don't want to guess yes or no to, to skew you one way or another. This is a business decision that you have to make based on intelligence and, and I don't know how your business operates. You have to take the gut check and say, does this work or doesn't it work, you know? Yeah. And thank God we're in the United States, right? I mean, this is oh, a great yeah. place, the best place in the world to really do that. And uh, yeah. But anyway, that that's a whole other subject. Um, so let's switch a little bit gears here. Um, do you have any... Do you have any thoughts on maybe how this might impact... Um, commercial design space, this whole experience with the plague here. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? And I know, by the way, I saw, I went to your website, in my deep research prior to this uh, talk, talk, that you like to design house designs. You like to house designs. It's a big thing for you. And uh, I'm not surprised because I know you like beautiful things. Uh, <clears throat> and so, anyway, along uh, that put your design hat on, tell me, I mean, how, how do you, do you think the movie might be a little bit different in 10 years because of this? Uh, you know, it's, it's, that is another one that's it's so hard to, to pick out because if you think about that, there was even some discussion we had last week as, because we're getting ready. To, we were just getting ready to remodel our office. We were actually going to – Yeah, I remember that. Right. So we are going to bring them down by two feet and each so we can get four more cubes into the area and add more touchdown space and collaboration-type space. 
But if you think about it, you know, does this mean that we go back to big hard wall offices like we used to have? I don't know. Is there more people working remotely? Right now, all of our employees work remote. We've probably got three or four at any given time during the day that will pop in and out of the office for different reasons, along with their, some of the admin staff for mail and bills, paying and things like that. So when you think about just working from home, that's, you know, everybody thought that was the latest and greatest trend 15 years ago, but guess what? People are getting uh, cabin fever. This is that you got to have socialization. People have to be around people to. Agreed. Whatever. I agree. And I love my wife dearly, but it's time to, you know, for each of us to have some, some space here. So at the yep. end of the day, I, I'm not sure how this design changes. It's the same thing with restaurants. You have to, like the yeah. talkies, when they open, they're going to tell them you got to take half the tables off. Well, let's just fast forward and say, okay, they figure out a vaccine, or like I'm watching on CNBC this morning, even if they just figure out something that stops people from dying because of this, that's a game changer. Yeah, that exactly. Overall game changer, and all of a yep. sudden everybody's hugging and shaking hands again. So I think this will pass um, yeah. as much as everybody else knows it will. If, if you really would have taken New York State out of this equation, it's not that bad. And this is coming from somebody, I'll tell you right now, who took a COVID test two mornings ago, and I'm waiting for results because I've been yep. under the weather for five or six days and not feeling well. And unfortunately, I mean, I'm, I'm okay, but I, I just yeah. nervous about do I have it? Right? Yeah, totally, so totally well said. I understand. Hey, and by the way, and that's not to say that, I mean, there's, there's just some tremendous suffering going on out there, and we're certainly not, you know, mitigating that because, um, you, can't you know, we all know vulnerable people. One day and one yeah, day. that's correct. Yeah. No matter what it is, it, this is and, and because of how fast this thing has ramped up and we've seen it, it's a horrible disease. Uh, there's yeah. no doubt. But, it, yeah, but again, so. you know, how, how it leads us forward. And with all the talk, you, you really, I'm not intelligent enough to say this is good or this is bad, like let's open everything up and here we go back to normal. I don't know what the new normal is going to be. I think everybody's going to be waiting to see. Now, for us in the space industry, if it goes back to, well, let's, let's put it this way. It's kind of a, I don't know if dichotomy is the right word or not. When you look at what happened in 2008 through 2010, what we had was companies downsizing their space, not necessarily as much as downsizing their people. When you look at a company's books and you say, okay, what are your expensive points? Number one is your human capital, typically in most businesses. Number two has typically been your facility costs. So although that's been hampered by healthcare in the last few years, which could be bumping that line. But regardless, your facility costs are usually a very expensive item. So what has started happening to us in 8, 9, and 10 is that if you had 10,000 feet and you had 40 employees in there, you now said, uh, and maybe you had two locations, now you said, well, I'm going to reconfigure all my space, keep the 10,000 feet, but I'm going to put 80 employees in here now. So I'm only paying for 10,000 feet of space. Instead of you guys, everybody having 8 by 10 offices, you're going to have 5 by 5 cubes. And that's where some of this stuff came about. So they started condensing. So now what may happen is the reverse thing. Well, we can't really keep people. I mean, you know, we've got call centers where people are literally sitting in sitting yeah. phone yep. booths, if you will, right? Terrible. We've got a yeah. two-foot by four-foot space. My, one of my first cousins worked at Merrill Lynch up in, out in um, 
uh, in Arizona in a call center, and he said, we are stacked like sardines. And then not only that, they kept them working until the end of March based on what they were doing. But he yeah. said, we are, and this stuff has been passed around our office. He goes, I believe we've already had it. But So now, to answer your question, for the office user, for the flex industrial user, nothing changes. For the office user, not sure how that really changes until they figure out the solution, the cure, the vaccine for this um, yeah. dilemma. Um, and then for retail, the biggest question is, again, when you go to these, uh, let's just say the nail salons where they've got 30 people sitting in a row, and when you go to the restaurants where you've got you know, as many tables packed in, or nightclubs where you've got dance clubs and stuff like that, how is all that going to be affected? So that is a yeah. question. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it could affect um, ventilation. It could affect... Obviously, just core design. Um, is everyone basically wearing masks um, required here for who knows how long? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it all services? plays out. And what are the other services that may be a business? Uh, one of my friends yeah. is, is now involved in a business where they come in and spray a disinfectant, where most people come in and spray you, you know, all these people from owning will come in and disinfect your place. Well, if they disinfect, what happens is that's perfect. They disinfect it. But 20 seconds later, it's still susceptible to being infected. Yeah. Now, the product that this one company is touting is, well, we've got a product now that if we spray the disinfectant, guess what's going to happen? You've got 30 days to 60 days of time before this can be infected again, so now it's got a protectant on it. So yeah. now you start adding that at 50 cents a square foot. I mean, it becomes big numbers. Even for our case, if we've got 20 million square feet at 50 yeah. cents a square foot, that's $10 million. Yeah. That somebody's going to have to pay for. So they, yeah. is that going to be the trend or the norm going forward? Yeah, I, you know, the, the, all the, there's a couple of things you said. You know, if you cut, if you take a restaurant and you have to, an office space in a restaurant, and you have to reduce the number of people that can go into those places, you're going to drive up costs. So, and then if you've got to spread, it's all these things are going to be incremental, which, you know, could lead to some inflation down the road here. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, um, all right, I've got just a few more minutes with you. So, um, what are you? Hey, what are you most optimistic like about? What are you most worried about? Let's start with the worried. Okay. Well, I'm not worried now because my test was negative. I just got the result. Ah, congratulations! Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was the thing you were like most worried about. Now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good for you. Right. Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, sorry. So, what am I most worried about? Yeah. Is I'm worried about the political outfall. Mhm. Yeah. I'm worried about the political outfall, the political disruption of this world. I, I've been worried about it because there's such a there's just such a, uh, an uproar of hatred and politics that's just. It's ugly that if you or I ran our business like they run the government, we'd be in big trouble where one, whatever one side does, the other side doesn't want, if that makes sense. You know, just yeah. the other side doing it, not that it's best for the country. I'm, I'm, I, that's what bothers me the most, not knowing where this is going. Um, I, I think everybody's got the rights to have their candidates that they want and things like that, not to get political about it. But it is just there's something going on here that is just ugly in the background that's brewing, and I don't care how you what you call it or how you call it, but I think 
I think there's an issue here, and I don't. I think it's a bigger underlying issue that six or nine months from now, perhaps after the election, we're going to say, "Gosh, this is this is really ugly," and there's a lot of finger pointing. So that's what bothers me the most is the political unrest um, based around this thing and 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 the news. It's just it's, mm -hmm. there was a big comment online the other day that says, "If you shut off the news for 90 days, let's see what happens. The world would be a better place for sure." Yeah. It's yeah, but conversely, what are you most optimistic about? Uh, opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, opportunities for sure. And, you know, you got to plan to kind of go back to what we said. And you know this because you've been in business for many years now, but you have to plan for these types of things. You know, the way we look at the world is there's always political upheaval. There's always going to be one of these things that's going to happen. Right. Are you ready for it? You have to build ultimately, and I think only experience lets you do this, you have to build for these times and knowing that they'll happen. Um, and they're awful. I'm not I'm not mitigating that, that but, um, you know, because it, it takes a huge uh, toll on humans. But then again, this is how we move forward. Um you know, you have to tear things down to renew. That's just how it goes. But, uh, um, well, thanks for sharing that. And I'm so happy that you got the, uh, the, the COVID test is negative. That's wonderful. Um, uh, a couple just last questions. These are more just kind of, uh, what are you reading or streaming these days? What's going on there? Okay, interesting enough, um, I don't do a lot of reading, but I stream uh, different things, different articles and, and, and headlines. I am up to my ears with, how COVID is going to be changing things and everybody's opinions about sure. it. So I, I stopped that about 10 days ago, looking at any of that. Um, nice. More focused on product uh, that's coming to the market, more uh, looking at uh, CMN, CMBS, uh, you know, defaults or what they're talking about for uh, the bigger loans uh, and projects that are out there and how some of these big centers are handling it. More... Um, concerned with creative opportunities, trying to dig through the, the mounds of, uh, of miscellaneous stuff that don't make, make any sense to figure out where this market's going. Because if you look at construction of, um, let's just say, flexible space or warehouse space, we don't have, uh, there is, you know, we're in a 5% vacancy for that market, stuff, that, that problem. Mm. So we're looking at, you know, are, is there going to be opportunities for this uh, like, like I said earlier, where the guys think a bunch of it's going to come flood the market, they really didn't get hurt and didn't get uh, stung by it. So I don't, I don't think there is uh, an opportunity coming for that. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, you know what we're really just again, it's just going to be um, searching for um, opportunities in my world uh, because yeah. This, Again, this is this should bring some opportunities for us to help clients, to help reposition clients. But I don't think it's 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 not the same where we can go into a lot of landlords now and go, hey, because let's face it, this is a sixty to ninety day hiccup. This is not a, an economic crisis that was started by an economic crisis. Yes, vent driven, totally. Yes, it, exactly. So it should be self curing. Now, of course, it may take two years to recover. From, from the big hit that you've taken immediately, yep. the dramatic uh, actions that have been taken. But I don't know. Yeah. And I think, you know, what do you think about the government's role so far and the Fed and um, Treasury and all that? I mean, 
But those guys do play a huge role in what you do, I mean, obviously. Well, there's no doubt, and what scares me the most is that, well, I'm glad we've got PPP assistance um, in the rest of the world, and and, and these people that are, here's here's a perfect example. Uh, One of my big clients, and he was a partner of mine, he owns a couple of, a few restaurants, and um, he said, I can't even open May 15th if I wanted to, because my employees won't come back to work. They're making more money on unemployment than they would by coming back to work, and they're mad at me if I were to apply for this PPP loan. Yep. Yeah, we're hearing a lot of that. Yeah, and that that's a traction that you don't want to hear um, on that side of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people in the customer service world um, are, are worried about that. Um, okay, well, I appreciate that. I, I, so you do a lot of podcast streaming and stuff like that. You listen to a lot of stuff. Um, I, I just... I don't listen to a lot of things. I, I'm just more reading articles that come through. Reading articles, okay. Cool. What are you What are you watching on Netflix? Anything? <laughs> just got through uh, Outer Banks. Watched, nice. I watched all of um, Shameless, which is a very. If you oh yeah, yeah. Like Shameless, it shows you how nice your life is. Really. Yeah. There's a lot of dysfunction out in this world, and it's real. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, we also we watch Bloodline. We've been watching and. Oh, nice. Miscellaneous movies, but uh, a little yeah. bit of everything. I restarted Ozark. Oh, so I went back yeah, to I, I didn't get to the next to this season. I watched the first uh, two, but I just. Oh, you're gonna love it. Bateman is ridiculous, and Laura Linney—they're they're ridiculous. They're so good. Yeah. All right. Um, a couple more questions, and I'll let you go. How's your plague hair? How's your style looking these days? Okay, so you'll love this story. So <laughs> after getting bored uh, without a haircut, and one day I took my uh, whatever you call that thing—the the razor, not the razor, the the, the Electric thing, the electric ring. Yeah, ring, uh, trimmer. The trimmer, yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So I took the trimmer and I, I, I trimmed the edges. I said, well, that looks pretty good. And then a couple of days later, I went in and did it again and totally uh, messed it up. So um, I've got Listen. somebody that I'll, na- I'll leave nameless that I had to uh, engage to come to the house to clean it up. So my yeah. head is as short as it's ever been So because I barely <laughs> buzzed the front. There, there's a lot of clandestine uh Haircuts going around. It's yeah. hilarious. I talked to Jesse Lipson, uh, J- Jeff Lipson um, uh, from uh, ShareFile slash the Levitate fame, uh, local entrepreneur, and he, he's, he uh, and I have similar hair. I mean, you and I, you know, we're, yeah, I got, my head is as, I said to him, my head is as wide as it is tall, so it's not, it's not pretty. Um, all right, now, the other thing that you and I, I'm, a, I'm an Irish kid. And I married into this Italian family, and you know that my family owns uh, Bella Monica and then Stellino's and Carrie as well, a sister restaurant. Um, so I have a deep-rooted understanding of Italian food. What's your go-to Italian meal? And also, in your house, is it sauce or gravy or what? It's definitely sauce. Okay, Western New York. A go-to is, is pasta. With meatballs and sausage. That's it. My favorite is veal parm. And I mean, which Della Monica used to have a, a wonderful veal parm I, on the bone that was to die for. You know what we need to do? Scratch politics. We need to run, like, the, like get Corbett. We have to get a campaign to get that veal chop back. I mean, every, I think everybody needs a veal chop. Yeah, that's better meat eaters. I actually, I told Gonza from, from uh, Gonza talking to Tequila the other day. Uh, I was like, 
you know, that's the Mexican flag is uh, my go-to there. You know, any comfort food, right? There's some place, your son's got the same thing. He's got the, anyway, so I said, all of North Raleigh needs a Mexican flag. And I actually saw uh, yesterday, the day before, he's going to get fired up for to go uh, pretty soon here. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah, for us, that, as a matter of fact, we're having uh, Vito um, Marsala tonight for dinner. Nice. Nice. Now, are you, do you cook a little bit in the house or what's uh, up? Primarily, my job is simply to make the pasta, and Carol does everything else, the sauce. Cool. And everything now, is Terry, uh, Carol Kelliano? Uh, yeah, yeah. She, so her mother is born right in Sicily, uh, so she's yeah. first generation. Well, what was her maiden name? Pula, actually, but Certo, or Bicerto, and uh, okay. CRTO uh, was her mother's maiden name. Her father and her dad, was, and her patriarch side was what? Dad was Polish. Oh, Polish. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. That's a very classic mix up there. Up in that, uh, my actually, my wife has Polish blood and Italian blood, so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You get the get the blue eyes coming through in these. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, well, listen, I I know you got a roll. I so appreciate you uh, coming and talking with us and meet the oh, masters. Let's hey, let's do this again in six months. We'll review the tape. And then we'll come back and we'll do something like six months and see, and we'll kind of review uh, where we're at and where we were. Yeah, sounds great. Perfect. Awesome, brother. Hey, I'll see you soon, and thank you for the time, and give my best to your family. Thanks, Trevor. You do the same. Yeah, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you.